Yeah. When you're in that, yeah. you have to survive, but you can also thrive as you're surviving. And that takes intentionality. It takes those habits and routines, and it takes being connected uh, with your spouse. Welcome to the Eyes on Jesus podcast with Drew and Tim. Two pastors discussing practical details about life, leadership, parenting, and being more centered around Jesus first. The goal of this show is to help you keep your eyes on Jesus through the busyness of life and clutter of your schedules. Now, join us for the conversation. Hey, welcome to the Eyes on Jesus podcast with Drew and Tim. We are so excited to talk to you this episode about parenting. Yeah. Oh my goodness parenting nobody really knows what they're doing um let's be honest but no I'm we're gonna kidding. fix it today we're, we're gonna fix it we're gonna fix it all <laughs> no we're, we're just you know look we're, we're two dads that are trying to figure it out at the same time that that you might be uh being trying to figure it out and and we want to uh, provide some context and we really want to answer the question of how do we keep our eyes on jesus while parenting yes. that can be really really challenging but tim to start us off here tell us about your family tell us the the age of children that you have and that way we have some context on the view that you're speaking from yeah, absolutely. So my I have two children. My son is 14 currently. My daughter is nine. And so got a boy and a girl, able to deal with both of those worlds a little bit. And uh right now dealing with the teen phase. And so uh if you have any advice on on that, right? <laughs> Hit me up. <laughs> I need to <laughs> yeah. I need to rely on people who've gone through this. And yeah. So that's the thing, you know, as we talk about this, like we're not experts. We're going through the parenting journey ourselves. And there's so many books on this, so many ways we could take this this topic. And so we just come to you as two dads who are going through this journey. And 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 for me, it's been really cool to see. Even with, you know, I say only two kids because, uh, you know, at our church, like our, our worship pastor has eight and a, uh, wow. another one of our pastors had had 10 before he moved and, you know, wow. what well, he still does, but it, not in the state. So <laughs> when we, when so we their talk advice about, is just to keep having, just them. survive, That's yeah, their just, advice. Yeah. just <laughs> keep having them and surviving. And so for me having two kids, you know, from it's been cool to see two very different personalities in the two kids, two different ways of having to discipline them to to engage with them of what they're interested in and that's what really made me understand going through this journey is that your kids are unique like you can read a book and and take 10 steps on how to parent but it's really going to depend a lot on where you're at in life what your challenges are as a as a parent financially uh in your current situation and also like for your kids what do they need how do they need to be educated? What do they respond to for rewards? What do they respond to for discipline? All those things really are dependent upon having an attentive parent and not just trying to slap and you know fix it all right now sticker on a situation, but to be able to be Holy Spirit led as we're keeping our eyes on Jesus as a parent. How do I stay focused on Jesus as I'm dealing with the many issues that come up? from being a parent and doing it well and and honoring God as he is our heavenly father and parents us well he disciplines us the bible talks yeah. about how he disciplines us oh, yeah. not because he's looking to punish us but because he loves us and so you see so many parallels when you start to be an earthly parent between us and our heavenly father and and you start to realize oh man I'm I've been that bonehead kid that I'm yelling oh, at right yeah. now <laughs> I've been oh, that yeah. kid. I'm currently that kid, right? You start to see those <laughs> see those things that come to play out and 
you know, it drives you to have more patience with your kids. And it also drives you to, to realize that I'm going to be humble through this whole process. I'm going to learn. I'm going to read. I'm going to grow. I'm going to maybe do something different than I did five years ago, five days ago, because maybe that's what my father did. Maybe that's what all I know. But yeah. I also know that I need to be proactive and not just reactive on what is comfortable. Um, so anyway, a lot there, but that's kind of me and, and my thought process a little bit behind parenting. How about you? I love it. So I have a five-year-old and a three-year-old. Well, he's almost three. He turns three in July, but by the time this episode comes out, he might as well say three. So uh, my five-year-old is named Rylan. Uh, she's our daughter and she is independent and smart and clever and communicates super well, um, but also likes to be in charge as daughters do. And then my son, Levi, is just starting to, he's just figured out this talking thing. He was a little delayed. Now he's like really communicating with you and it's nonstop. You know, it's funny. <laughs> so many people told me that since the first kid was so outgoing, when you had the second one, the second one would probably be really chill. Um, they were all wrong. Everyone who <laughs> told me that, big shout out if you're listening to this podcast, you lied to me and that is not what happened. We were expecting this calm little boy and we got this kid who loves to wrestle and jump on the furniture and, you know, like freeze you and be a superhero and all, oh man, he's got an unbelievable imagination. So five-year-old, three-year-old, our, our house is absolute chaos, but it's also so wonderful. And, you know, in talking about parenting and what we do, you know, obviously I have five years of experience here. Okay. So, so I'm not coming to you from the angle of, you know, I wrote a book on this and this is what I've learned after 50 years, but I think it's important for you to start from a place of what, like, what are you really wanting for your children? Mm -hmm. Because if the thing you want first and foremost is, well, I just want to raise good kids. That's not specific enough. Yeah. I've talked to so many people. I I just, I want them to grow up. I want them to be able to like, you know, I want them to be able to go to college. That's not specific enough. Right. Well, I, you know, I just, I want them to be, I want them to, I want them to love Jesus. Eh, I don't know if that's specific enough. I, I, I think we've got to be really intentional about what we're doing here. You know, we don't just say like, oh, I'm just going to go get in the car and drive. Right. Well, I'm driving to work. I'm driving yeah. to food. I'm driving to, like you get specific with with things that you know are are taking up your time, and your kids are going to take up more of your time than really anything, and they're definitely going to take up your mental space. So, what are you focused on? So, for me, right out of the gate, that was really important to me because in order for me to keep my eyes on Jesus as I'm parenting, I have to figure out well how how am I parenting. Mm -hmm. And what are my goals? And 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 in that, that directs my path of keeping my eyes on Jesus and, and what I'm really looking for. So for me, I want to raise absolutely like I want to raise two warriors for Christ. There you go. Okay. So I, I don't want I don't want just kids that love Jesus. I want kids that know truth, can discern false realities, and will stand on a battlefield like David and be like, I'll fight the giant. Yeah. I want that. I want yeah. warriors. You know, you talked about Gideon on one of our previous episodes. I want, I want that Gideon mighty warrior spirit. Right. 
And so for me, that's been my focus. So what that then means is, and what I've learned, if I'm going to train these kids up to be a warrior, (laughs) apparently God's like, well, then you got to become one. Yeah, that's right. And I wasn't really thinking through it at that level. <laughs> and so what, what God's really encouraged me with is he's, he's challenged me and just, you know, like you said, he, he brings discipline. He's, he's created some uh, needs for me to be disciplined and some habits that I need to be in. And, and when it comes to prayer, when it comes to getting into scripture, but then also just perspective of how I view myself as the dad, yeah. how I view my kids and, and leading them. So that's, I think that's, a great starting point and a foundation. Like when you're parenting your kid, what is your goal? Well, I just want to raise them right. Mm, not specific enough. I just want I want to I want to love them. I want them to love me. I want to, I get all that. That that's gonna, you know, you're gonna get there, but mm-hmm. you got to get specific and what am I really hoping to accomplish? What what do I feel like God is really calling my family into? And so I don't know what it'll be for you, but for me. Apparently, these kids need to be warriors for Christ, and uh, it's my job to try and get them there. Yeah, that's good. And there's things you can see in your kids from an early age, and you can speak life into that. You can speak yep. uh, into their giftings, and you can say how they're going to use them for the kingdom, and you can speak life even when... So my son, Josiah, his name means fire of the Lord, and <laughs> awesome. he lives up to his name because he is a fireball <laughs> sometimes of just strong will and wanting his way. And so a lot of times we speak life into that, that you're going to be a leader. You're going to be a leader for the kingdom. You're going to be on fire for God, leading others to Christ. And so even in the moment, it's our job to kind of mold that and train that and not just have this raw emotion or raw talent, but actually to be able to to say that, okay, if you're going to be a leader, you need to know how to be led, first of all. Right. Like you have right. to be in submission to authority before you can be in authority. And so that's a hard thing for kids to understand, especially those with strong will, but to be yep. able to reinforce that over and over. So I know this is what you want in the moment, but as someone who is able to be discipled first can then go and disciple others. And so that's where we're, you know, kind of at with him. And for my my daughter, her name is Abigail, and it means the the joy of her father. And so she's just a sweetheart and she loves to teach. Uh, she teaches her stuffed animals, you know, like she just have them in a circle and just teach them Bible stories and all that kind of stuff. And so like, I see that and I'm like, oh, you're going to, you know, you're going to teach people in the kingdom of God. You're going to teach kids. You're going to, yeah. you're going to do awesome with that because even at a young age, you can see how God's gifted them. Right. And you can yeah. start to mold that and start to speak into that. And so I think like what you said, to be able to speak into that and be able to show as a, as a model of how God's leading us spiritually, your kids have to see that. And so it does start with the parents. Like you can't expect your kids to grasp something that you don't grasp or implement. Correct. It's it's not good to say, do as I say, not as I do. It's not good to throw them into a church youth group and say, here, learn about God here. Oh, they please don't rely to. on the church or your no. school. They have to see it at home. And it starts with the the leading, like the, the most famous parenting verse, I think is Proverbs 22, six, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, yep. he will not depart from it. And so that starts young, start training them up young. And 
I love this because when he's old, he will not depart from it. That doesn't mean they won't depart from it for a season or for a time. doesn't mean they won't be a prodigal child. But if you've established that foundation and if right. you pray into it, if you trust God that the work he's completed, he will finish, like they will come around by the grace yep. of God. And so yep. that's why there's such a war in this culture for the youth, because there uh -huh. is this concept that if you get them young, if you yep. train them up in the ways of the world... Then they will start to look like the world. And so it's a very real thing that we're dealing with. And that's why it's not up to the culture to dictate it. It's not even up to the church. Ultimately, it's up to the parents because yep. you're, you see your kids more than anyone else, hopefully. And so when they are a part of, of your, your time at home, right, is there a chance for them to see Christ in you, even if they're not opening their Bible? Uh, yep. And and so the war for our kids is real, and that's that just means we have to step up as a parent, right? We can't worry about everything going on in the world. We just have to focus on what is my sphere of influence, what can I control, and ultimately, it's for sure my kids. And then, as you're a leader, a pastor, a teacher, like you have more influence, but we're talking specifically about parents, and so kids have to see it at home first. Yeah, and parents, you need to get really comfortable with trying new things that are uncomfortable yep because I'll, i'm just being just being honest that was the biggest hang up for me i was concerned and almost a little like just super self-aware and and unsure of myself of what my kids and my wife would think if i tried some kind of like out of the box idea with bible time or a bible story or what whatever yeah so and what you find out is like your your wife is like heck yeah do it and you're like well i just you know <laughs> I, I was I, I was worried you were gonna think i'm you know i don't know not <laughs> good at this or something you know i don't know or i worried it was gonna fail and it's like no nah, like she's like you're trying this is awesome yeah. um and then you're your kids usually end up loving it. But one of the things for me, like I remember one time before bed, my daughter and I, we usually will play board games. She loves playing like everything from guess who to shoot some ladders uh, to now we play Monopoly and she's a monster at it. She's so good, which is she just buys everything and and that she lands on and somehow wins. Um, <laughs> but we started doing this thing where it was like, Oh, well, what if before bed, you know, after games, what if we got on this um, kids Bible app and we went through a Bible story and there's some questions at the end, but like we could read it together. We could mm -hmm. look through it together. Like, what if we did that? Um, hey, you, for Christmas, we got you this really cool interactive kids Bible. Like, what if we went through a story and then we, we did that? We don't do it every night, but we did that for a, a few weeks every night. And now we do it the majority of nights. And yeah. and now she's like, you know, I really love um I really love Samson because of his hair. <laughs> and I'm like, really? I'm like, so what else happens with Samson? And she's able to like tell me, you know, she knows characters in the Bible. She she relates them to when things happen like somebody at dinner a few nights ago said something about parting the red sea and she was like you mean like moses and i'm like what uh yeah i mean like moses like 
how in the and, and you know so she's five and she's 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 not getting it but she's getting it man yeah. you know and it's a wonderful thing but that means as parents like you've got to be willing to say what if we did bedtime different that means hey what if instead of watching another episode of bluey on disney plus <laughs> what if we you know everybody gathered around the couch and i'll try to read from the bible i, yeah. I know like crazy right like you, you've got to be willing to try some different things. What if I prayed on the way to school drop-off? There you as go. Weird as, I, as weird as it might feel, as, as awkward and even embarrassed maybe as your kid might be, what if you prayed out loud before dropping your kid off at school? What would they think? Yeah. And, and, and so there's all these things that I've tried to implement that are just little disciplines. And they all started from a place of, oh, this is weird. This is uncomfortable. My parents didn't do this. I don't know that any other parent does this. What are my kids going to think? I'm going to end up being one of those like crazy, <laughs> crazy Christians, you know? And, and it's like, yeah, you know what the world needs? Some crazy Christians. Amen. Yeah. The world needs some warriors. The world needs some people that are willing to be uncomfortable and willing to be outspoken and willing to really go for it in their home. And, so I just want to encourage you, if you're trying to figure out how to parent your kids and you're trying to figure out how to do that in a godly way, like just try some things. And chances are, if it's uncomfortable and it's like, I don't know if this is going to work, that's a really good place to start. Yeah, that's really good. And it goes along the lines with, I've said before, I, I wrote about this before, is calling an audible while you're parenting. You know, think about you have your set plays, you know, but once in a while you need to read the situation and call an audible. Yep. Yep. An audible is just a play that you come up with a, in the moment because of a certain situation, you know, on the field, if you're playing football. And so as a parent, you know, you might have to say, okay, we've disciplined this way before, but now, and this is my story is now my son doesn't respond to it. Like he did when he was four. Now he's six and seven. And he really doesn't care about if we take away this anymore. So now we need to call an audible and we need yeah, to tell see. me a story about that. Cause that sounds yeah. really specific. So I want to, I want to, I want to hone in on that. Cause I have a story about that too. So yeah. when is a time that you recognized, man, this discipline isn't working. I've got to call an audible and and then maybe maybe it worked, maybe it didn't, but I'd I'd love to know the example. Yeah, for you know, discipline at the younger years, you know, we would have them sit on the bottom step and just stay there and time out, right? And after a while, it, it for for my son at least, it was just something that uh didn't seem to make an impact, right? Like right. he'd fight it, do it. And then just go back doing the thing or whatever it was, you know, and it's like, okay, this isn't working. Like we need to start right. either taking away technology, taking away something that you care about. Right. And there's a whole rewards based thing too. Like when they get older, you know, it's our kids have chores and it's not that do it because we say so, but I'll, I mean, that's part of it. But also like, if you want the thing, if you want a thing that you want to go out with yeah. friends, or if you want to go to see a movie or whatever, like you got to make sure your stuff's done at home yeah, if you want the wi-fi password right and so you're not just doing something <laughs> to not get punished you're doing something to get rewards to, to right. get the things that kids nowadays take for granted like no like you really don't need any of that other than clothes and food and a place to sleep like that's the basics and everything else on top of that is something that can be taken away and so i'm tr we're trying to mm -hmm. teach that especially to my 14 year old where there's there's rewards like we're starting to talk about like budgeting like if you I don't know if you're moving out at 18, 19, but if you do, like you have to be aware that your minimum wage job is may not cut it if you want to have all these things in life. And so right. start making it very practical as early as you can that there's a reward-based 
thing to society. Like if you want to put in hard work, you're going to get rewards and then you can start to spend it on the things you want. But it's not like you just have everything handed to you forever. We know that's not the case as parents. And so you have to tie things into as much as you can. And it's harder when they're young principles that they can bring to later in life. And my goal as as a family is to create, you know, self-sustaining adults, meaning that they're not reliant upon their parents anymore after they're out of the house, that they have jobs, yep. that they have families, that they know from the foundation that was built while they were here, how to manage life. It doesn't mean, you know, I'll never be useful, but self-sustaining adults that are on a mission for what God has created for them, like the giftings we've talked about before that God has yeah. for them, that they seek him first. A good thing for me to know that I'm kind of doing a couple of good things is when I ask my kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? And most of the time they say like, whatever God has for me, like that, that's the wow. thing. It's not that I want to be an astronaut of this, you know, like my, my daughter's leaning to be a teacher, which is great, you know, but ultimately uh, I think my son said one time too, like, I want to, I think he wanted to be a scientist, but it was a caveat unless God calls me to something else, wow. you know, like that's great. That's I wonderful. love that. And so calling an audible back to that, just uh, the fact of being able to assess the situation as we have the Holy Spirit with us to be able to say that, okay, this is a moment where we need to pray. We need to stop what yeah. we're doing. We need to pray. Like you said, as awkward as it might be, and it will be awkward. And yep. speaking to the men, be the one to make the first move, be the one yeah. to lead your family spiritually, to be the ones that are saying, we're doing family devotions. We're doing it on Thursday at 7 p.m. We're putting yep. reminders in our calendar. Everyone must be there. This is what we're doing as a family. This is what we're standing for. And we're going to, we're going to do it. Yeah. I love that. You know, I say that every time you speak, it seems like I love that, <laughs> but I do. I do. Dads are really great at like awkward environments and often we create the awkward dad environments jokes. i feel like right dad jokes <laughs> right awkward environments to be funny or awkward mm -hmm. environments to be silly or awkward environments uh you know to embarrass somebody but we've got to be willing to to create awkward moments in order to further what we're trying to build in our own home you mentioned calling an audible there was a moment for me recently that just did not work out my five-year-old is just she's so strong-willed and same same kind of concept as you were talking about with your son like there just became a period of time where there there couldn't seem to be anything we could take away anything we could do any amount of punishment or any amount of timeout that would like get her attention and so finally i was like i've got it figured out <laughs> next time she gets to this point i'm packing up all, all the stuffed animals oh no not the all stuffed the animals all the stuffed animals so she had this pink tent and she had lined up all her stuffed animals in the pink tent and she would lay in there with her stuffed animals she'd play with them and pretend with them and i was like i'm gonna pack them all up <laughs> and so one night she went nuts and i was like all right that's it they're all going up and so i i made it this big dramatic thing and i got one of those big black leaf size like lawn trash bags and i'm like whap. I'm like opening it up and I'm like, they're all going in the trash and I'm throwing stuffed animals in the trash bag. And I'm like, Oh, there's another one. And oh, this one's, I remember this one. I'm like throwing it. I'm making it loud and I'm making it dramatic. And I've got my back turned <laughs> to her and I'm throwing these stuffed animals in the trash bag. And she goes, dad. And I go, yeah, baby. And I turn around and she's holding up a stuffed animal and she goes, you forgot this one. Oh, no. In the most cold-blooded blank stare you've ever seen from a child. And I was like, 
yeah well yeah you know that one's going too and i was already like three quarters of the way in so i couldn't back out but i already knew like this isn't working (laughs) so i packed up her stuffed animals and i put them in this closet and hit them and i was like oh tomorrow morning she'll come downstairs and remember they're gone and break like three weeks went by she had no concern Never mentioned wow. it, didn't care. And then finally, one day I was just like, hey, here are the stuff. <laughs> like, You're like, what am I doing? These are a lot of money. I lost. I lost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so there are going to be times you try things and times you call audible. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But the intentionality of trying to progress, trying to get it to happen. So, so here, here would be a, a question I have for you. As you're parenting, it, it, it can become emotional. You know, it can be it, it, and and yeah. not only emotional, but especially when it's late at night and and you know you're tired and you've kind of gone through your whole day and now it's like oh my god! I mean, for me, man, bedtime is just bedtime's an all-out war zone at mm-hmm. my house because it's like oh we got to take bath and you know one of the kids is not gonna do well, okay? And then it's bedtime and 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 that kid's finally feeling better, but now the other kid something's gone on, and and so. What do you do to keep yourself grounded in those moments? Or what do you do to prepare mm. to keep yourself from just being overthrown by all that's going on at your house? Yeah, that's a great question and something that I have struggled with and I've learned through the years that it is a battle of wills and then it becomes a battle of escalation. What I mean by that is that your kids escalate to a certain volume level and then you escalate at a higher level and then they escalate higher and then you before you know it it's yeah. it's chaos and and yeah. you're sounding like the kids you're you're screaming at them they're screaming oh, at yeah. you and it becomes this like no you'll listen to me and they're like I don't care. <laughs> and and what I've learned and I, I still struggle with is that you ultimately have the you have the authority, you have the cards, you have the control as a parent, but you're not going to often win that battle by just sheer force. And, and what I mean by that is that what I found in my life is that when you start to escalate and you see you getting to that level, it, it's often best to detach from that. So I'll, I'll send my son to his room, right? right. I can't mm-hmm. talk to you right now. I need you to calm down and we'll talk yep. about this in 30 minutes. Yep. I don't want to go to my room. I'm, I love you. I'll see you later. Yeah. <laughs> it's what Sorry, you're going to do, right. Gonna do right. right? Right. Because emotions will get the best of you. They'll get the best of your kids. They're young. They don't, you know, brains are not fully formed. They're trying to process life. They're trying to process these crazy emotions, especially when you get into teen years and hormones. Like, come on. Like, we can't even control our own emotions as adults, right? All the time. Right. And so for kids, we have to be able to model that to them and be able to say, now is not the time. Or yep. if they lose something, they didn't do their chores. You lost this. Ah, oh, blah, 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 blah. And then just like go to another room, ignore them, right? The, yeah. the, the, the punishment is still in place, even if they right. want to argue and argue and argue and argue. Right. And so, so that's a tough thing to navigate. That's something that we've kind of learned over the years. How do we do this right? How we, do we do this? Again, looking at, at your kids, looking at how they respond to you looking at the, at their heart, like not just doing something like throwing away all this stuff to animals because right. I'm the parent, I'm going to have my own way. Right. Right. What well, some things that sound like a great punishment, like 
I've threatened, like, we're going out to eat, but you're only eating peanut butter crackers, right? You're not going to starve, but we're going to eat in front of you all this, this fast food, whatever, you know, but yeah, I don't know if I've ever done that because we get there and it's like, oh man, I don't want to be like, yeah, they got to eat guy, right? you know, like, <laughs> so anyway, like a lot of times we would like have these uh, illustrious plans as parents, but, um, you have to be able to be humble and say, I got it wrong. Or when you do fly off the handle, if your kids see you repent, if they see you ask for forgiveness, that will yeah. go a long way. Believe me. that is a big thing. Yeah. So, so don't be at the point where I'm the parent, whatever I say goes, even when I'm wrong, right? Don't be that parent, be this, the parent that can say, Hey, I messed up. The punishment yep. didn't fit the crime or it escalated. I got to a level that I shouldn't have. I displayed anger and I don't want to ever display anger towards you. And will you forgive me? Right. Yeah. We love it when our kids, Absolutely. when our kids are repentant, like I know the difference when my child says, I'm sorry because they want something back or when they right. actually are sorry. I know oh the yeah. You, we know the difference. Yeah. And we want our children to come to repentance when they do something wrong and say, I'm sorry and mean it. And so we can't expect that from them if we're not willing to do the same thing. Absolutely. The biggest thing for uh, my household is restoring the relationship. So everything about what we, what we tell our, I mean, you know, our two-year-old, we take him through the motions as well as, as far as actually meaning it, he'll get there, mm -hmm. but we're all about restoring the relationship. So we went out to dinner several months ago, my five-year-old, uh, it was, it was my family and my parents and my five-year-old didn't, um, didn't really honor and respect my parents the way that she should have. You know, my mom was trying to talk to her and she was kind of just like, you know, off doing her own thing. And then my dad would try to talk to her and, you know, she would just kind of like give these little short answers and had a bad attitude and all this stuff. We left, we left a, like quickly. We were just like, okay, let's just eat dinner, whatever. The kids are, you know. And when we got home, Rylan was like, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to play. I want to do that. I was, I was like, no, 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 no you're not doing anything until you FaceTime my mom and apologize for your behavior. Mm. And she's like, well, I don't want to. I'm like, cool. You're enjoy doing nothing because yeah. you're doing nothing. And about 10 minutes went by and she came over and she was like, you know, dad, I'm ready to call B. And I was like, okay. So we FaceTime my mom. And as soon as B gets on the phone, as soon as my mom gets on the phone and goes, Hey, Rylan just loses it <laughs> and just, you know, I'm sorry, you know, lip quiver, you know, and all this stuff. But we're, what we're teaching her is like, yep, yeah, that emotion right there, you've hurt someone's feelings. Yeah. It really stinks. But what we have to do is restore the relationship because when you're an adult, there's not always going to be, you know, somebody there to, remind you of what you need to do, but your habit needs to be made. If I've wronged someone, if I've hurt someone, I've got to figure out how to restore the relationship. So we're, we're rolling that. I think we, I can't remember where I learned that concept from, but I think it was, um, I think it was Andy Stanley. I think he has a, he had either a parenting podcast or a parenting book. I can't remember with all the information these days that's out yeah. there. But that was the that was a big thing for I think it was Andy Stanley. That was a big thing for him and his kids growing up. Is like we always want to restore the relationship, and I'm a big big fan of that. I think with habits too, you know, uh, starting spiritual habits 
from the beginning that they will maintain later in life as you hope yes. and pray they will. Like we make our we make our kids do quiet time in the morning, Bible reading, yep. prayer. And you're like, well, I don't want to be the parent that makes my kids. I want them to want to do it. Well, how how are they going to want to do something if you yeah. don't if they don't know the benefits of it, if you don't have yeah. instilled the habit that they've like if they go play sports, right? I don't want to make them do layups and dribble. I don't want to make them do laps. Yeah, you right. make them do it because it'll help them in the game. And so for for right. for spiritual disciplines and same in our life, we have to make ourselves pray sometimes. We have to make ourselves read the Bible, even if we don't feel right. like it. Start those young and yep. see how God uses it. There was one time we were uh we were hiking and you know, my son was emotional, had something going on. I can't remember what it was. And we were just, and my wife was like, did you spend time in the word today? Did you pray? No, I, I did. Okay. Well, don't you think that that might have to be something <laughs> to do with how, you're, how you're, how you started your day? Yep. And, and so monitoring that, making sure that, oh, well, they're just, they're just doing their 15 minutes and being done. Okay. Well, at least they're doing it. Like at least they're doing right. something and at least they see totally. it's important to you. So yeah, maybe they'll, they'll be an adult and not do it five years down the road. Life's going crazy. They'll remember, oh, maybe there was something to that. My parents made me do this. I yep. hated it at the time, but I'll try it. I'll try it. What Absolutely. Do you know? maybe, maybe my crazy parents knew something. I don't know. We'll see. Right. Yeah. Well, because like, what else does, like, what is a, you know, what does a five-year-old want other than like some chicken nuggets or some mac and cheese, right? Like that's right. their life, right? Chicken nuggets, mac and cheese, play outside. Like that's yeah. what they want. And so, yeah, you got to make, you, when they're young and even your your kid's age, like sometimes, yeah, you got to make them, you got to bring them into it. They might even, you know, it might even be annoying that it might be like, whatever, like that's fine. But what I can tell you is I'm a product of that. Mm -hmm. Like too. my parents made me go to church. My parents made me go to youth camps. My parents made me have some spiritual disciplines. And then just like the scripture you read a moment ago, I grew up was like 18 to 22 was like, ah, I don't need church and I don't need God and yada, 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 yada. Right. We've all heard this story. And then I woke up and realized that I was an idiot. <laughs> and young and foolish. And it was time for me to like really start being serious about my relationship. And I accepted the faith for my own. And I uh, started going, well, God, what do you want me to do? Mm. Not what I want to do. What do you want me to do? And and now like I'm, I'm so obsessed with the local church that is you know, nuts in the amount that I, I think and study and, and work to make it continue to work for generations. Right. So that's because my, my parents made me do things. So mm -hmm. yeah, I, I think you've got to have a household where it's like, this is who we are. This is what we're about. Like it or not, you're under my roof and here, here we go. I think one thing beautiful with kids is that they just have a beautiful faith that they believe in, in God without having been swayed by the world or college or all this criticism that starts to build in our, our our minds. Like I remember with those spiritual practices, some of the best time in my life that I had with God was when I was 13 in my room. Mm. I get a bowl of Cheetos after school and have my cat in there <laughs> and I would just read the Bible. And That's I remember awesome. my faith back then, like I would pray for my headaches. I would just, I would pray for other people. I would be amazed when God would do stuff. And I was like that sense of wonder 
in a supernatural God is often lost because, yeah. oh, now I'm, now I've, uh, you know, I'm smart. I know things <laughs> I didn't know before. I took religion 100 in college. And so, like, I, I think we have to <laughs> honor the fact that, you know, God used them as examples. He said, let the little children come to me. Don't hinder them for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Like, children are a gift from God. They have a, a faith that we can learn from as adults. Yep. And, and so it's our job to to mold that to learn from them as well. Like there's a lot of things we can learn from them, but also I think as well as as we parent, you know, it's very important to be connected with our spouse to be on the same page with them. Men, we talked about spiritually leading, but also honoring, cherishing your wife, honoring the commitment she's made to the household to what she does. Yep. Like there's so like I wouldn't be anywhere without my wife. Like I know she's oh, done 100%. so much for our family. Like. And so I feel like we should do an episode just on like how great our wives are. Our wives are. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, we might not send it to them, but it won't be a public. Right. And and it won't be a public one. It'd be like, wow, you did a whole episode. And then, okay, no, we just just shared our plans on live, on live. And we're not live, but anyway. Right. We'll be like, it's trending in Poland. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Poland again. So I digress. So anyway, par- I, I would say as we start to wrap this up that uh, parents have to be connected. They have to be connected to each other. Refer to the date your spouse episode that we did. Like you, you can't just be these these islands to yourself trying to parent together. Like you have to be connected right. spiritually. You have to be connected with your love for each other. You know, right? I, I've always thought like you hear where your parents, your your kids are up and out of the house, and now you have a stranger living with you. Like that's the fear. And that's what has been very real for many situations. And a lot of the times it's because you haven't nurtured it through the trials of parenting, through the trials of life. You've, yeah. you've let that happen. You've drifted apart. You know, you, you, you don't have that passion for each other that you once had. So how do you keep that from happening? How do you maintain that through like the phase you're in? Like that's a tough phase to be in two kids under five. And so when you're in that, yeah. You have to survive, but you can also thrive as you're surviving. And that takes intentionality. It takes those habits and routines, and it takes being connected uh, with your spouse. It's great. So to all the parents out there, and especially the dads, this week, as you're listening to this podcast and as you're going into the weekend, you need to focus and lock in on what you want your household to be about what you want your children to be about and you need to get specific with it. And then I think you need to start putting some disciplines. If you haven't already put some disciplines in place, try some things new, call some audibles and decide, okay, we're, we're going to, we're going to start building some habits that even if right now creates awkward conversations and environments down the line, could save my kids life yeah i think if i think if people listening to this podcast would just do that right there that's it like just just take it a little more seriously and Mm -hmm. put put some kind of structure and habit in i mean imagine the impact of generations to come yeah what do you stand for as a family what's your mission statement if you want to create one some families do that yeah i love that like get with your spouse and and talk this through. Don't just let life happen to you. Don't just assume that your kids are going to be fine in 10 years without that intentionality and those habits now. And then, you know, we, we haven't, we, we haven't talked to the single parent. We're not single parents, but I want to make sure that you're hurt. Hardest job in the world. It's the hardest job. It's gotta be the, yeah, I just, hardest job in the world. 
It's unreal. So we don't have this amazing advice for you, but just this is where you can rely on the church. This is where you can rely on the opposite gender. If you're a single mom or single dad, you can rely on on friends, hopefully grandparents. Allow your kids to get connected with that opposite gender to yep. feel that connection to, you know, we started a, a ministry at a church or one of our elders was placed on his heart for young boys, age six to 12, to be able to do things. We call it a lodge. They come, they do things like change a tire, create, make pasta, make pancakes, uh, do tug of war in the field, like do, do boy things, especially right. for kids that don't have a dad to be able to be connected with those things that they might miss by not having a dad that that teaches them those things or that do have a dad just have an extra you know way to connect with boys but so yeah. maybe it's starting a ministry like that maybe it's getting connected to a ministry like that but just look for those opportunities it, yeah. it is let others help imagine. you yeah and so let others help you and do all things with prayer final thoughts final thoughts i think if we understood the weight of our parenting decisions, we would take all of it a lot more seriously. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would encourage people that are listening, like parenting isn't something to take lightly. And yeah. uh, it really does. I mean, my, I can track my relationship with Jesus four generations up and now a generation down. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it it matters and it matters when you're gone. It does. And yep. the last thing I'll say is it, it goes by real fast. Enjoy the moments. My son is at, as the time of this recording at high school camp, he's just going into ninth grade next year. It's crazy to me. Wow. And it, it goes by really fast as you have this weight to what you're doing. Also, don't forget to enjoy the moments. Don't yeah. sweat the small stuff. It's easy to try to be in control of every situation. Uh, there is a balance between letting kids be kids and then having order in the house and yeah. you, need, you need to do both. And yeah. sometimes it's a fine line between order and chaos, but at the same time, you know, don't be the parent that just has to control every little thing that ultimately doesn't matter in the long run. And I'm still working on that. So if you figure out yep, the secret we're all to that, in let, process, let us know. Man. <laughs> yeah. If you wrote a book, send me an email. I want to read it. <laughs> Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, until next time, go with God, grow in discernment, keep your eyes on Jesus. On Jesus. Thanks for joining us on the Eyes on Jesus podcast with Drew and Tim. Don't forget to hit subscribe. If this episode blessed you, please share it with a friend. Check out the show notes for more ways to connect with the hosts of the show.